dripping from his dark eyebrows and into his eyes. Unable to wipe the drops away, he grimaced and blinked. His gaze seemed to look through the two men. Put it on with him, Ben suggested. Penny a mile's fair. The road's not so bad. Ain't it now? Josh raised an eyebrow. Suppose I must have imagined it. These last thirty years. Ben forced a grin. Penny and a half, he offered. Joshua Palewick shook his head. The boy gets the ride to himself, agreed it with the priest. A sinking feeling grew in Ben's gut. I'll pay more, he blurted out. But Josh's expression hardened. Not to me, the driver said shortly. I shook on it. He pulled on the rein and the horses set off. The boy's thin body jolted this way and that. Hooves clopped over the bridge as the beasts ambled away. Ben's spirits tumbled. He would throw the parcel in the stream, he resolved. Say he'd never seen it. No one would know except Palewick. And the boy, whoever he was. And this scuffle, if Palewick told him. And the dark-faced man who had hired him back in Souton. The Moor or Jew or whatever he was. Almery. The dog's warm back room was disappearing with Josh's horses, He should never have left Souton, never have found himself soaked with blistered feet on a rain-swept bridge at the head of the Vale of Buckland. Suddenly, Ben snatched up the straps of the pack and slung its bulk over his shoulder. Wait! he shouted through the rain. He stumbled over the planks. Joshua Palewick turned, his face closed. I don't know the road, Ben confessed. I figured... I never set foot here before. The older man looked Ben over. Then it was as if some baleful influence lifted, as if the dark village with its soot-streaked church were already distant and Buckland Manor were close, as if the length of the vale were a mere stroll. The ghost of a smile flickered over the driver's face. I saw you from up there in the village, Josh said. Thought you was waiting for a ride in one of them soutin' chairs. You from up that way, ain't you? Ben admitted that he was. We'll walk a ways if you like, said the driver. See if we can stand each other. Ben nodded eagerly, then the old man glanced back to the boy. That one's going to the manor, same as that parcel of yours. You keep an eye on him for me, all right? Both men looked back. Balanced on the mule, the boy had twisted about. Ben Martin followed his gaze past the village and up the overgrown slopes all the way to the dark wall of trees at the top. That's where they caught him, Josh said. Buckler's Wood. They were running as hard as they could, out of the hut and across the dark meadow, John's heart thudding in his chest, fear churning his guts. Beside him, his mother's hand gripped the heavy bag in one hand and his wrist in the other the long grass whipping their legs as they scrambled for the safety of the slopes. Behind them, the mob's chant grew more strident. Honey from the hive, grapes from the vine, come out, our witch, come drink your wine. Oily-smelling tallow smoke laced the warm night air. The banging of pots and pans mixed with the villagers' shouts. John felt his mother's hand tighten, pulling him along. He heard the bag knock awkwardly against her legs the breath rasp in her throat. His own heart pounded. Reaching the edge of the meadow, they clawed their way up the first bank.
Terraces cut long, shallow steps in the slope. They climbed, then ran, then climbed again. The noise of the mob pursued them in waves, rising and falling. With each step, John's fear abated a little. Soon, ghostly banks of firs and scrub rose around them, the night air heavy with grassy scents. John looked up. The trees of Buckler's Wood loomed. The villagers never came up here. Old Buckler had witched the whole vale with her feast, they said, until St. Clodoc came and chopped up her chestnut wood tables. Ever since, once a year, they served her a feast in return, to keep her off. That was tonight. His mother climbed on, striding confidently through the narrow gaps and breaks. John hurried behind. The bag clutched in her hand held the book she had snatched from the lintel over the fireplace in the moments before their flight. He slipped past the thorny fronds, edging through the thicket. Soon the path narrowed, then came to an end, the bramble thickets forming an impenetrable barrier. Before an old wooden paling with a cross carved upon it, his mother halted. He had never climbed this high before. Beyond the thicket of thorns loomed the trees of Buckler's Wood. He heard the heavy crowns of the chestnuts shifting, the leaves rustling in a thousand dry.